And we're back for another episode of the Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Kyle, just me and you. What's going on, buddy? We're almost at the end of it now. Almost. It was uh, not a bad week. Not a bad week at all. Um, What we're going to do is we're going to break down the upcoming playoff matchups for some fantasy players. Uh, Who to to be confident in, who to not be confident in. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. The it's the wire. It's the wire. D. Griffin. Griffin. This the wire. Serving up a hot take. Around the league, serving jams like a hot plate. Who's the flex? First pick. Rounds four to eight. Trading with the base. That's Superman. We need a cake. This that fantasy. See who get the glory. Who's gonna stay up in their lane talking Tory? Who's gonna ride up on the train where the hype at? Yeah, you wanna start them, but matches, you might not like that. Three tutties next week, man, he's double covered. Takes on a hundred coming out the oven. Tim and Ty, they the guys, know you gotta love them. Take your pick, do it quick, they on fire. The wire. All right. So let's just start. Let's get you all hot and bothered to start the episode. And choosing violence already, huh? Yep. Violence about the Vikings. What's going on? Talk to me. Fuck that team. Why? Just talk to me. That team, Mike Zimmer, the entire defensive coaching staff, all of them, you had one job, okay? All you had to do was cover the money line. All I had. <laughs> I had two separate parlays. Everything else hit. The Bucks hit, Cardinals hit. All I need was the Vikings. The against, Rams hit against the winless Lions. Against the winless Lions in a dome, no issues. Obviously, it was a bunch of bad weather games. Going to have no another Swift. one tonight. No Swift. So that's all you had to do. Adam Thielen went down, sure, but that's not an excuse, in my opinion. You have KJ Osborne who, who's serviceable. You have Justin Jefferson who went off, of course. Alexander Madison, Dalvin Cook, couldn't even tell the difference. Pretty much same production. Um, but the game went down to the wire. And, uh, of course, the Vikings scored late. So I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know, it's all good. No worries. Then Detroit starts to drive down the field. And I'm like, okay, you know, you're, you're playing your prevent defense. Let the clock drip. No timeouts. No problem. The last play of the game. Actually, no, let me back up a little bit because they blitzed. Uh, second or third to last play of the game almost had an interception almost won the game great result it was, it was great 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 play call but whatever falls incomplete then they go back to playing prevent defense on like the goal line what are you guarding the back of the end zone for there's nobody there all of a sudden you you know just play this whole prevent defense i'm gonna say brown just turn around right at the goal line no pressure no nothing catch the ball touchdown game over that's my thing right there they I they were in like cover four, cover six cloud, whatever it was. And you you gotta set up at the front front line of the goal line. It's easy. Set up at the one, right? So he literally just ran a hitch in the front of the end zone, and Jared Goff could even read that without Sean yeah. McVay telling it was him. Amazing. That. I mean, Trey was it Trey Waynes? Was that the corner that was there? It doesn't even yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I don't care who it is. If you put Jalen Ramsey in that coverage, that's still a touchdown. That is bad coaching. 100% Kirk bad Cousins coaching. has been phenomenal for that team. 
Cook's been good when he's been healthy. Thielen's been good until this week when he got hurt. Jefferson is Jefferson. Conklin's been good. KJ Osborne's been good. All is right on the offense. They're doing well. But what the fuck? How how do you? And that's like almost like you. They were tanking and trying to lose that game. Listen, I'm convinced that Mike Zimmer either had Detroit money line or to cover the spread, whatever whatever the case was. But he just I, I put it on on Twitter. He shouldn't have even made the damn flight home. Fire his ass. <laughs> You're done. You're gone. A defensive coach, mind you. Defensive minded coach. I don't know what kind of defensive plan that was, but not a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't have run it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Last play of the game is like eight seconds left, and that's that's your go-to play to win the game. And you're just fighting sit in the middle of the end zone and watch them do curls in front of you. And you're fighting for your playoff life. You still have some kind of hope. And you you waste away a game. Oh god, they suck. Um, but Kirk's been good. I have to Kirk's been good. He's been fantastic. Javante Williams, I'm gonna let you g- get your sweats out early let's just get all you're getting me on a roller coaster of emotions today the next one's Minshew so I'll let you go with Javante (laughs) talk about how great he is talk about how you have him as the the running back two in dynasty talk about how he's the greatest thing since sliced bread go ahead listen all I'm gonna say for us is the safe space is it really a shock or should it be a shock that the the first week he gets to start and has the backfield to himself he's going to be the RB1 on the week I'm just saying Against a pretty good Kansas City defense, an improving Kansas City defense. Not against the run. On the road, they've been, I'm just saying, they've been better. I mean Mahomes has been better on the road, not the defense. Mahomes has been better on the on the road. Um not the defense. But I mean, really what as far as the passing offense are you really worried about from Denver right now? Just because they're not really granted Teddy is pushing the ball downfield a little bit more than he has in the past, but the the passing offense hasn't been anything prolific. Um but Either way, all the metrics have always suggested that Javante's been really good. Broken tackle rate, all that good stuff. I loved him coming out of college. He was my RB2 in the class behind Najee. Um, Yeah, I'm here for it. 2022, wheels up. Melvin Gordon, go. He's coming back. Go somewhere. He's coming back. That's not in Denver. He's coming back. Go to Minnesota. I don't care. He's coming back. You're going to see another year of Melvin Gordon. It's going to be a, a scaled back version of Melvin Gordon. They're going to start to feature Javante a little bit more after seeing this, understandably. But I do think that there will be another one. There'll be a one B to Javante being the one A. You we've seen way too many running backs like Camaro, like McCaffrey, like you just spent a, a top thirty-five pick on this running back. We've seen Barkley do it. We've seen Zeke do it. That. You, if you want long sustainable success at the running back position, you cannot run these guys into the ground. That I, I agree with you absolutely. Those- so I do think they bring back Melvin Gordon, um, and I just think Melvin Gordon goes from getting sixty percent of the work to the rest of the season he's getting about fifty percent of the work, and then next year he's going to be about thirty five forty, and that's what I want. I want somebody. I love when Eckler comes out of the game as an Eckler owner. You want to know why? Because he's always in on the important downs. He's getting most of the goal line work. He's getting all the third and long work. He's getting the last either two-minute drill work. That's where all the money is. Oh, that's where all the points come. Third Absolutely. and long, et cetera. Second and two after Eckler just ran for eight, you want to you wanna bash him into the, the back of the guard for two? 
go ahead. Run Larry Roundtree out there for point two. I don't care. The money downs is when Eckler is in. And I think that if you want long-term, long sustainable success with Javante, that's what you got to do. Yeah, and and that's fine. Obviously, we're seeing this year more than ever that um, the wear and tear that the running back position can have. And it's it's pairing itself out. Of course, I feel a little bit better knowing Javante's what, 5'10", 225, something like that. So he's built at least like a, to be a, to be able to handle a three down workload. He's this year's Cam Akers. La- yeah. Last year's Cam. He, this, he's doing ex- Cam Akers takes over at the end of the year and he's going to have a couple hundred yard games. Yeah. And he's going to look really good coming into next year. Yeah. I, I've also said um, J.K. Dobbins type situation. Same idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm absolutely here for it. Um, I was offered Dalvin Cook straight up today, uh, as well as Cam Akers and two ones, which was very interesting. But I, I wouldn't have taken either of those deals. No, and to be honest, and like I told Brian from the commish, because um, he was the one that offered me Dalvin Cook, it's a good offer. It just didn't make sense for my team being in a rebuild. By the time my team is ready to go at that Cook point, Cook is out of the league. Cook's out of the league. Right, exactly. So um and of course with acres the whole achilles thing we were going back and forth on twitter today that still scares me um where i feel like javante has top five upside i don't know why but i'm not going down that rabbit hole Minshew, Minshew mania he shows up like he's a member of top gun yeah um listen look good play good didn't throw an incomplete pass until after the game when he pretty much um looked good Granted, it was the goddamn Jets. Goddamn Jets, yeah. Um, Sanders looked good up until he hurt his ankle again. Uh, but I think it was a product of the Jets. And I do think Minshew is good for against bad teams. He's going to put up good fantasy numbers. But he's never going to be a fantasy. He's never going to be a franchise quarterback for anybody. You know what he just secured himself yesterday? Ten years of employment in the NFL. Ten years of employment in the NFL and probably a higher value or higher uh, – a better value contract for another team as a backup. Yeah. No, he, he can think, now be one of the higher paid backups. Deal, yeah. He's going to get, he's going to make $50 million over the next 10 years on little two year, $10 million deals. Like Brissett has done. When guys like Tim Boyle and Mike Glennon can serve as backups, Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler can get backup jobs and, and long-term contracts that can then turn into starting jobs. There's a job out there for Minshew. And, um, yeah, I think he deserves it, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, just a real quick tidbit. Jonathan Taylor has 18 touchdowns in the last 10 games. He's that dude. 10 straight games of a, with a touchdown and 18 touchdowns. He's averaging almost two touchdowns a week. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it's... Good matchup, bad matchup. Hines gets work. Hines doesn't get work. My God. Well, to me, the the key for them, too, and the key for the Colts' success is if they're going to continue this run and eventually make the playoffs is they have to run through Jonathan Taylor. That's really where they end up having uh, success as a team um, is when Carson Wentz kind of takes a step back a little bit, passes the ball a little bit less, and run the ball through Jonathan Taylor. There have been times, um, the Bucks game's perfect example, where I think Frank Wright got a little bit too cute and just started playing stupid and didn't give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Up well, until that's, a, that's a tough run defense. You kind of had to at that point. but It's Jonathan freaking Taylor. I mean, look what happened in the fourth quarter. He made most of his production in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think as long as they stay the course, uh, they should be just fine. And 
like like we were saying earlier before recording, they're getting hot at the right time. Yep. And I, I said they were a dark horse team to make the Super Bowl coming into the season. Um, let's see. Uh, the last thing um, before we hop into the episode, the Baltimore Ravens decision to go for two. I don't hate it. Hardball has always been a guy that runs by, runs by the seat of his pants, or however the hell the saying is. Um, he's a very aggressive coach, and he won't, he could not trust his defense. After Marlon Humphrey went out, he, they could not stop your local high school football team from scoring. Yeah. Um, it was He wanted to win the game. He put the ball in his best player's hands to win the game rather than relying on a coin flip and his defense. Yeah, absolutely. And he's always been, I think, especially the past few years, he's a big analytics guy. Um, and statistically, he has done whatever research he's had to do. And that's where you end up seeing the the tendency to go for it on fourth downs. Your win probability kind of shoots up. Um, that's why you end up seeing these kind of decisions play out. And this is why you start to see this stuff across the league. Uh, where more teams are going for it on fourth down. You trust your offense to get a couple of yards. Now you stay on the field. Now you sustain drives and score more points. Brandon Staley's been a, a big proponent of that this year. Um, if that throw, honestly, is an inch closer to Andrews, if Andrews walking ca- in. Andrews catch supposed to catch that ball. Yeah. You're supposed to palm it one hand, bring it into your body, and catch it with your second hand. That's a catchable football. It was the right decision. There's, he, if they catch it, he's a fucking genius. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's that simple. Like, let's let's stop overreacting to normal decisions when the, the right thing doesn't happen. Right, and like you said before, a lot of the a lot of this too goes into momentum. So Pittsburgh had a big second half mm-hmm. where they were moving the ball up and down the field, starting to score points. So, do you really want a team that? is playing with, you know, just coming off the fact that Big Ben privately, which then really didn't become privately because it was public knowledge. I always found that funny. He told Ian Rappaport. Right. He told Ian Rappaport <laughs> this was going to be his last year. He privately didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where the team is fighting for its playoff hopes, playing inspired, and they're on a run. So try and nip that in the butt and win the game. Unfortunately, it cost them the one seed for now, but – that those you live and die by the sword. Yeah. It's on brand for him. Yeah. So the episode is breaking down playoff matchups. Um, who has some really, you know, juicy matchups coming into the, the playoffs, fantasy football playoffs. Uh, now 90% of the leagues out there are running 15, 16, 17 is the playoffs. Uh, so we're going based off of that metric. We're not using week 18. And we're not using week 14 because we're going with because there's bye weeks. That's the last week of the regular season. Um, so looking forward a week, um, because we're we're looking at you know how things are gonna play out come your fantasy playoffs. Uh let's I'm gonna start with quarterbacks. I have quarterbacks and tight ends. Kyle um sucked me with the two worst positions, and he luckily has running backs and wide receivers, that selfish asshole. Um, so my Quarterback one for these fantasy matchups, pretty easy. Um, now, I didn't go with extremely sexy names for these, but for this one I had to, Jalen Hurts. The reason why is his legs are making him extremely fantasy relevant. He has Washington twice, who even if he can't run against, is the worst pass defense in the NFL to points per game to quarterbacks. And then he has the Giants, another 
not so good defensive matchup. Um, I can see him running for, you know, having 200 yard games or multiple touchdown on the ground games. I think they're very easy matchups. Uh, what do you think? No, I love it. Um, I mean, if you really break it down, he's been a quarterback one all year. And at least for the the first half to three quarters of the season of that, it's been mostly on the strength of his legs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, he's getting a little bit better as a passer, which you know is just part of his development. But the fact that he can get it done on the ground and the team has kind of made that more important decision to focus on running the ball a little bit more. Um, I'm all for it. It's, that's a guy that you kind of plug and play the, the rest of the year. No questions, no issues. As long as as long as the ankle's healthy, he should be perfectly fine to to finish out strong the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, QB two is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's typically not being started in many lineups. A lot of QB uh, two QB leagues, you might be starting to use him in bye weeks, things like that. But looking at his matchups, they're the best across fantasy football the rest of the way. In the fantasy playoffs, he has Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston. Now, Tennessee, you think, oh, they might have a good defense. They're second worst in points per game against a quarterback. Atlanta is third, and then Houston is Houston. So two top three matchups and then the Houston Texans and a team that's sitting here trying to put up points, trying to blow teams out, trying to make the playoffs. I'm wheels up on Jimmy Garoppolo the rest of the way. Yeah, for me, the two biggest keys are you, you're you in contention for the playoffs, so there's really no reason Trey Lance should really come out on the field. So that, that means you're going to trust your veteran and Jimmy G's going to stick it out the rest of the year, which is very important. And you're starting to get your your healthy pass catchers all kind of together. Of course, Debo had the injury. Um, should be he, back after this week. Should be back after this week. But even if they play safe with him, George Kittle is – Balling out. I mean, we saw what he did yesterday in Seattle and tiptoeing down the sideline on his tippy toes like it was nothing. Um, so you have that, and you have Brandon Ayuk, who again is another solid pass catching weapon. So he doesn't Jimmy G doesn't have to do a ton in that offense as long as he limits any kind of mistakes, is a very solid QB2 option. Yeah, absolutely. Tua Tango Tua Tango Viola is my last quarterback we're doing three per position. Tua has Tennessee, again, we just went over that, um, a game where he's going to have to put up a lot of playing negative game script against Kansas City, who has not been good against the pass, and then the Cleveland Browns. Um, I hate watching Tua play. I just have this negative connotation in my head against left-handed quarterbacks. I hate watching it. If for some reason, the game looks backwards. Um, it's just my mindset. I, I don't know how to explain it. It looks like it's an unnatural thing for me. Um, I know I'm weird, but whatever. Okay. It's a judgment-free zone. Three good matchups. He's been playing pretty well when it, since he's been been healthy. His pass catchers are now healthy. Um, Waddle's been balling out. Kosicki has been playing well. Parker is back. And they have a stable of solid running backs around him. You know, that none of them have been anything special, but adding Philip Lindsay adds you a little bit of depth. You have Ahmed, um, and then you have Gaskin. Thoughts on Tua? The Miami Dolphins is it's an interesting team because I feel like it's one of those teams where because I'm not a Dolphins fan, I just want to like set Tua into my lineup, especially in my two QB leagues, and not watch the game. Just because 
the points will be there at the end of the game when you look it's at the box score, but it's not going to be pretty. When you have to watch him throw the ball to like Mac Hollins and Isaiah Ford for touchdowns, granted it worked. They, I mean, they put up those 20 points uh, yesterday against the Giants. So he got the job done at the end of the day, fantasy wise, but boy, is it ugly to watch. And they've been hot. This is the team that I expected them to be coming into the season. If you remember correctly, I think I had them at 11 and six. Mm-hmm. Um, right now they're what six and seven. They've won five straight. Yeah. So they're trending at the right time. They they may even squeak into the playoffs. It's going to be interesting. We were talking about it before the episode. They have like ten to one rods. They have to jump like six teams, but if they win out, it's doable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's Tua. Uh, so my three quarterbacks: Jalen Hurts, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tua Tangovalo. So why don't you hop into running backs? Yeah, let's jump into running backs now. My first guy is uh, Antonio Gibson. I'm very high on. I've been high on all year. Been uh, high on for two years. Been high on for two years now. That's right. And uh, his playoff matchups, Philly, Dallas, which is going to be tough. And then you get Philly again. Uh, of course, with the NFC East, they're kind of all playing one another at the end of the year to fight for that division. Um, but the key thing with Gibby, since the bye week, his usage has gone up. He's being used a little bit more in the passing game. It's surged up. Yeah. It's gone. Surged. And now you have uh, J.D. McKissick, who's been banged up. Of course, we saw what happened yesterday with um, Gibson basically getting all of the usage at that point. Jared Patterson was only in for a few snaps. Um, but it's been good results. 20.8, 6.5, which isn't the greatest, but 20.1 and 19.6 PPR points his last four games. The fact that he's being used in the passing game, being used on the goal line, and the, the offense as a whole is a little bit better now that Curtis Samuel is in the fold as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Logan Thomas because he's banged up now. I don't know what they're going to do at the tight end position. But Taylor Heineke's a little bit better than he was at the beginning of the year. Um, the offense just as a whole and is moving better, which means more goal line opportunities. And I think Gibson is, it just seems like he's healthier or they're just making a point to use him a lot more. Yeah, I don't hate, I don't hate it. Um... That Dallas matchup is not fun in the in, in the conference championship of a fantasy season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can't argue his usage, right? With McKissick going down, he's getting more passing work. Um, but that Dallas game does scare me. Yeah, hopefully he can replicate what he did last year against Dallas, break off a couple of long runs and uh... – have some big boom games. Yeah, but that was with Jalen Smith on the field, who was just running the wrong way half the time. Yeah, no, it's a completely different defense. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, he's not on the field messing it up in the middle. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, that's the only thing with yeah. that. Uh, next guy, Elijah Mitchell. So we, we talked about San Fran. Uh, their playoff matchups, again, are Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. It's Elijah, back, Elijah Mitchell's backfield. Um, it has been since about a third of the way through the season. Um, Trey Sermon is banged up. Jeff Wilson is banged up. Uh, Michael Hasty was getting snaps yesterday. That doesn't scare me at all. Um, 25.3, 15.9 PPR points last two games. He did get like knocked out, we thought, in the last game, and that scared the living shit out of me. Um, but He, he did, should not have returned to the game. Yeah, I, I don't know what's been going on this year with, with concussion protocol and stuff like that. But COVID's more Important than concussions now. Uh, I'm surprised they don't like classify it as COVID and have him come out of the game. Like it's just, I feel like that's what the thing to do. But he's back in the game. Um, you know, he he returned in. 
he's been their guy all year for the most part. So I'm perfectly fine with having Elijah Mitchell in as my RB2 with RB1 upside every week. Yeah, and this one, again, same thing with Gibson. Uh, that Tennessee matchup is tough. They've been very stingy against the run. 29th in points per game to running back position. Um, but that, that that Atlanta game is a very juicy matchup. The Houston game, obviously, very juicy matchup. And then my thing with Mitchell is, is he's almost matchup proof at this point because of his usage rate, right? Yep. He's getting 15 to 25 touches no matter what the game script says, uh, no matter what the, the matchup is. He may get one yard for 15 carries each, so it's 50, but then break one for 35 and a touchdown. And now he's a fantasy relevant back, right? So um, I don't hate it. Again, the same thing. I just, that conference championship game is a little stingy for me. Yeah. And it's what makes it really tough. And um, I was just thinking about this as we were going over it. You know, like you said, you call me an asshole for keeping RBs and receivers. Problem with RBs is you you start whoever you have at this point, just because everybody's dropping like flies. Um, so you kind of can't really play a ton of matchups, you know, play the matchup game um, just because you, could, you only have who you have and who's available. Um, last guy we can talk about is David Montgomery, Minnesota, Seattle, the Giants. Last We're going to see what we did last year from David Montgomery. He yeah. is going to be phenomenal to end the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's 25 points a week for the rest of the way. Booking it now? You're booking it now. All right. Signed, sealed, delivered. He's That's yours. It. Get your bets in now, kids. Yep. There we go. Um, yeah, he's he's back to form after the injury. No real issues there. He basically, I think he shared what it was like, what, 90% of snaps he was on the field yesterday. Um, so uh, no real issues there. Khalil Herbert isn't, I mean, he's spelling um, Montgomery, but it's nothing to really be scared of at all. He's, Quarterback proof, I think, because if Justin Fields comes back in a lot of situations, that ends up helping the running back, opening up lanes um, for the running back because you have a running quarterback you got to worry about. If you have Andy Dalton, then he's getting the cheap dump offs, which we saw yesterday. So that's an automatic PPR boost for him. And he's coming off a 24 point game. Played Arizona, which is a pretty good defense and really shitty weather, but didn't seem to matter. He was bouncing off tackles, catching passes. So fire up Monty the rest of the year. Love it. Can't complain. Uh, right. that, I, you you know how I feel about David Montgomery. He's a lock the rest of the way. It's, this upcoming week, before the fantasy playoffs, he has a really hard matchup against Green Bay. I'm staying away from it if I can. But once you hit these fantasy playoffs, Minnesota, Seattle, and the Giants, four, all three of them are bottom 10 teams against the run. He's lights on go. Whatever, whatever phrase you want to use, fire him up. Because I have him as a top five, maybe top three back the rest of the season. All right. Getting spicy. Real spicy. I'm passionate about David Montgomery. (laughs) I know I'm getting you for Christmas. That's it. (laughs) A Tyler Higby jersey? Yes. (laughs) So I'm going to hop into tight ends and I'm going to let you finish off with wide receivers. Let's do it. Uh, Tight ends. Uh, My number one tight end for these matchups is Noah Fant. He has Cincinnati, the Raiders, and the Chargers. Um, all three of them are top uh, bottom 12 teams against tight ends. You know how bad Vegas has historically been against tight ends for the last probably five years. The Chargers are just as bad. And since he's a little bit worse than the middle of the pack, um, he's had some up and down games, but these matchups are showing that he's a top 10 player the rest of the way. Easily locked in. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give you credit um, where my difficulty with the running backs was you basically just start who you have. Tight ends are equally as difficult just because there's only a handful of real studs and then you just play whoever you could play. Um, I'm hopeful that you're right as far as Noah Fan goes just because I have him in the Dynasty League and it'd be nice to see him really kind of pan out. Um, but if you can get 10 to 15 points out of your tight end position, you're happy. That's- I think that Raiders game, he ends up with 20, 25 points. Yeah, that, that'd be great. If um, you can get in the end zone, then... He yeah. could be the reason why you go to the fantasy championship because of a big performance in that week. Yeah. Because um, the Raiders are just that bad against tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, my tight end, not tight end too, my, another tight end I have, uh, Jared Cook. Um, not exactly a huge name. This is what I tried staying away from. I don't want just a guy that's locked into your lineup every week. But Jared Cook is Kansas City, Houston, and then Denver. Kansas City is seventh worst against tight ends. Houston is sixth. But then there's Denver. They're 28th um, against tight ends so far this year. But he played them week 12, and he had 11 points. So we've seen the matchup. We've seen it work. I would not be surprised at all to see 9, 10, 11, 12 points in that game. The other two weeks in a high-volume offense in games where they're going to score a lot of points, I like Jared Cook. Yeah, I mean, listen, you just at the end of the day, you want somebody who's not going to bust at the position. You need somebody who's going to get you 10 points and just be the reason you don't lose. Because especially if you faded tight end in drafts or you didn't come across anybody, odds are the rest of your roster is pretty solid. So you just don't want to bust at that position. You're tied to Justin Herbert the rest of the year. They're making a playoff push, so they're going to be invested. They're scoring a shit ton of points. Scoring a shit ton of points. You have to worry about Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, they're all making plays at this point. Um, so yeah, I don't I'm not mad at the pick at all. If you did fade the tight end position, Dallas Goddard might have been somebody you targeted a little bit later in drafts because they still had Ertz at the time. He wasn't exactly a high coveted asset. He has Washington, the Giants, and Washington. Now I have a lot of the NFC East here the rest of the way. The issue is I'm slightly concerned when you play a team twice in three weeks that you're going to be productive both weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if let's say week, let's say he plays Washington this first time and comes out and has, you know, six catches, 50 yards and a touchdown in two weeks from then he plays them again. It's a very short turnaround. They're going to spend a lot of time on your film. I'm concerned with some of these, but at the same time, they're such good matchups. I don't think we can ignore them. He has Washington, the giants in Washington, middle of the pack, but the issue is, not the issue, the gold mine is the target percentage Dallas Goddard is getting in this offense. It's unreal. Um, it almost feels like every other pass is going his way right now. Yeah. I mean, when you when you really break it down for the Philly pass catching standpoint, um, it's kind of a, a 1A, 1B situation. And when we get to the receivers, we're going to break down one of those Philly receivers. But it's between those two guys, in my opinion, in that offense. Um, it's a little bit tough because now they're making the more of a focus on the run game. Um, but those targets are still being made for Dallas Goddard and especially towards the goal line. Obviously we saw what he did yesterday, different quarterback, but still he's a focal point of that offense. Got the contract extension. They're going to use him. So I'm not mad at the pick at all. So that should lead you right into your one of your wide receivers here. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, Shift over to his teammate, Devontae Smith. Um, 
you know, again, Washington Giants, Washington, the last three playoff matchups. He's the wide receiver one for that team. So, you again, you're talking 1A, 1B type situation. It's between Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Jalen Hurts is developing as a passer. He's getting a little bit better week by week. So you should start to see more targets go Devontae Smith's way. And we've seen what he can do on the field. He's a dynamic athlete, a great route runner. If he was maybe 10 pounds heavier, probably turns a lot of these, you know, yards have to catch plays into touchdowns. Um, but the process is there. He's a good player. I think he's somebody that you can have in your lineups as like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type player, uh, maybe a flex type play if you can sneak him in there. And um, of course, the team's still in the hunt, so they have things to play for still. Still have the, the at least a wild card spot up for grabs. No complaints for me. This is where it gets even more exciting because these next two guys you have, um, I'm extremely, extremely excited about. Yeah, so uh, we'll go to another rookie and uh, save the last one, the best for last, I think. But uh, Jalen Waddle, this is the best. This think is so? the number. He he's a top five wide receiver the rest of the season. Okay, I like it. I like the energy. Um, yeah, he's and you could honestly make the case that he's. A lot of people have bumped him up to wide receiver two in this class. Um, I think a lot of people that were lower on him have now bumped him up to wide receiver two behind Jamar Chase, uh, just because he's been so consistent. But the Jets, New Orleans, Tennessee, those are the last three games of the year. He's been super consistent, PPR monster. He's not getting crazy targets downfield, but what he's getting is a lot of a lot of stuff down near the line of scrimmage. And he can still take advantage of his speed down near the line of scrimmage. We see it all the time with Tyreek Hill now that they're doing the, the too high safety look. Just get on the ball and watch him run. Just in case nobody heard, because I might have talked over you at the time. We're talking about Jalen Waddle. Yes. I know I kind of cut you off there. Jalen Waddle. Oh, yeah. No no problem. <laughs> no worries. I know you're excited. It's okay. Um, yeah. So Jalen Waddle, great option. Um, again, Tim thinks what top five upside you said mm-hmm. at the position. Um, so, yeah, if that's somebody you can sneak in, again, wide receiver two, wide receiver three in your lineups, that's you're going to get plenty of, of boom games. Um, you know, at the position and talk about consistency, double digit points, seven of the last eight games. Can't go wrong with that at all, especially from a rookie. This is ho- who I hoped you to save for last. Um, I do think he's top five upside. The Jets are obviously a very easy matchup. New Orleans cannot stop, has, has been struggling against uh, wide receivers. And we already discussed how Tennessee's been really susceptible against the pass. Yeah. Uh, Logan Ryan and was it James Bradbury? Yeah. Jack Rabbit. No. Oh, Jack Rabbit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. He, Bradbury is not. No, he's on the Giants. Um, they're struggling. Yeah. The, the struggle is very real. And they, again, with, with the Dolphins, if they went out, they have a shot at making the playoffs. If their playoff chances jump up to like 80 something percent, they're going to go all out the rest of the year. Last, but certainly not least, Debo Samuel. Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston, last three games of the year. Guess what? He's used in both the run and the pass game. So even if he doesn't catch a ton of balls, he's getting used in the backfield. Um, he's the RB1 on that team. He is the, well, hey, don't disrespect Elijah like that. What I am waiting for, to be honest, and they'll probably end up doing it next year, is to give him dual eligibility like Cordell Patterson. And that'll be very interesting in lineups going into next year. But for now, for this year, you still have to put him either in your wide receiver or your flex spot. Um, but the production is there regardless. Automatic 15-plus points per game. He has yet to have a a game in single-digit points on the year. So that was pretty nutty to me. Again, the the key is 
maybe he only gets targeted two or three times in a game. Don't worry about it because it's probably because he's getting carries out of the backfield and making plays, busting long runs and scoring touchdowns. He's averaging 21.9 points per game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And standard PPF scoring. So, yeah, I mean, Atlanta is awful. Houston is awful, and Tennessee can't stop the pass. Fire him up. E- easy play. If he's healthy, you start him. If he's not, you don't. Um, Kyle wanted to spend a little bit of time on some defenses. Um, so I went away, went ahead and put some notes down for some defenses. Um, San Fran, San Francisco 49ers. They have Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Now, if Tennessee still has no Derrick Henry or has no and also has no AJ Brown for that game, Julio Jones may be back, but Tannehill's by himself out there with Chester Rogers and Des Fitzpatrick, and it's not looking pretty. Um, and then Houston is Houston. We don't even know what's going on with Tyrod's wrist. And then Atlanta is just historically bad right now. Uh, San Fran, very easy. T- I think they top three defense uh, rest of the season uh, come playoff time. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. Um, and again, I think a big thing and um, a big thing to consider at this point when you're talking about strategy and especially like in redraft leagues and stuff, we have defenses. Stack two defenses. Play the matchup game at that point. It's win or get out, basically. So points come in every position. We were just talking about before recording. Um, Indy got me 18 points this week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's as good Against as Houston, who they're playing in the fantasy championship. Exactly. And it's that's as good as any positional player can get you. Uh, any, you know, flex play. It's better than most tight ends will get you. Um, that's more points than what Travis Kelsey averages per game. Yeah, exactly. So um, defenses are definitely something you want to pay attention to the rest of the year. Um, that being said, San Fran, not a bad pick at all. Um, so I'll go ahead and give you one now. Um, this one's more of a two-week play than a three-week play. But um, Dallas, you have the Giants, and you have Washington. And they have, I think it was Arizona the last week of the year. Yeah, so you're going to probably stream somebody that last week of the season. You're going to want somebody last week of the season. But the Giants, no Daniel Jones for quite some time. Maybe the rest of the year, they might just shut him down. And Mike Glennon got a concussion yesterday. so. That leaves, I believe, Jake from State Farm as their quarterback going in potentially, you know, for week 15. The closet racist? The closet racist. Um, yeah, not not a good look. Dallas has obviously been much improved this year, especially on defense. Um, so they've been solid all year. Um, Trayvon Diggs, candidate for defensive player of the year. He's up there. Micah Parsons, candidate for defensive player of the year. Definitely rookie of the year, both of them. Um, so fire them up first two weeks of the year. Find a streamer for championship week. I don't hate it. Um, my last one is the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, <laughs> this whole NFC East thing. They've all been really bad. Well, really good matchups for everybody else. Um, Philly has Washington Giants, Washington, as we've Touched on quite a few times. Um, middle of the pack defenses. This is a good stream option if you don't want to, if you want to just kind of lock somebody up who's going to be kind of middle, get you six or seven points. Um, that's kind of what I see from Philly going uh, through the rest of the way. I much prefer for San Fran uh, personally. Um, 
I picked up Philly. I started them this week. They got me, I think, seven points in my league. So it wasn't it wasn't bad. That's kind of what I need, right? You, it sucks when you get one or zero, or if you're in an ESPN league and you get a negative three, you're better off not starting a defense half the time. But you know, if you can get five to seven points and just something steady, you're not you're not aiming for eighteen to twenty when you're starting Philly, right? Um, you're start you're hoping to get six or seven, kind of be middle of the pack and just skate by. Um, and the fun part, the uh, and also to your point, I did start uh, Philly in a league this week too, and yeah, like you said, it didn't kill me. Um, if you do end up getting lucky and Darius Slay ends up getting a fumble or a pick six or something like that, as they've done a few times this year, then you end up with like those big games, 18, 20 points. It's, it's happened a few times. Um, but yeah, I'm not mad at the pick at all. You just, you want a defense that's not going to kill you and not be the reason you lose, uh, especially in a championship week or something like that. Um, so my last defense is actually, I think kind of a good compliment or a good stack with dallas because they're probably pretty available because they've been perceived or actually have been pretty bad on the whole but they're starting to get better at the right time and they're going to have a good playoff schedule tampa bay new orleans carolina the jets new orleans we don't know what we're going to get with them with Taysom hill or uh, trevor simeon or is alvin Kamara going to be back we don't know so that one you, you might want to sit that one out um but carolina no longer scares me christian mccaffrey's not playing anymore this year dj moore yeah he's still a pass catching weapon he's still solid um robbie anderson hasn't really totally panned out uh, and we don't know what we're going to get out of cam newton or <laughs> pj <laughs> walker he's going to get benched is what's going to happen we know again out of cam yeah. newton. He he's going he's, he's back to the bench he's fucking terrible he's terrible um so they don't scare me. And then, of course, you have the Jets. So the last two teams, you care about sacks and turnovers. That's what gets you points. You can get plenty of those between Carolina and the Jets. I like it. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's pretty solid. Um, the only other thing I had on my list to talk about was how historically good Matt Stafford is against really bad teams. And how historically bad he is about good teams. It is unbelievable to look at the splits. Yeah. That, if you have a winning record, Stafford might as well just, just bench him. Just yeah. bench him. Don't bench him up. if they have five or six wins. That's really what you got to do at this point. Hmm. It's an easy formula to remember, you know? No, it's 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 uncanny. Um, like we were saying before, honestly, I was surprised he even came back in the game. I thought he died after getting hit right in the chest um yesterday but it's it's strange because i mean he's had this is the most weapons he'll ever have really in his career but i don't know do you need any fantasy miracles tonight i do not um besides going against you uh so steph Diggs better you know the snow better keep coming down bad weather 40 plus mile an hour wins oh i need like 40 points from him it's not happening i'm just saying Diggs went off last year against the pats um but I don't think that's going to happen. Too much weather going on. Dude, does Buffalo run the ball? Do they like swallow their pride and run the ball tonight? I don't think it's a pride thing. I think it's a suck thing. Yeah. I think that offensive line just can't run block. Yeah. They're not strong enough. They're more of a finesse team. Um, and their running backs aren't very good. Like Matt Breda might be the best back in that backfield. I think so. I, I kind of think so. He's the most dynamic. That's for sure. Yeah. I feel. 
But uh, I don't know. I, I, I need Damian Harris to have 11.2 points. Okay. I think it's doable, it's in, doable. A, in a snow game. Yeah. Um, Buffalo has been very good against the run. Um, more susceptible against the pass going forward because Trey White's out. Um, but I think once you have to overcompensate for losing White, you now your run defense might get a little worse. And I'm hoping that he gets 50 yards, 52 yards and a touchdown. And I win. Um, Listen, that'll put me in second place and lock in a lock in a first round buy, uh, in in a redraft league. Outside of that, that's the only matchup I'm relatively close to losing or winning. Yeah, I had a pretty good week. Um, only two leagues that I'm trying to win in, I lost in. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the only one. I can't, I can't. He doesn't have anything left. I'm down eleven point one six points. So I need eleven point two to win. So fingers crossed. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in a similar spot. Um, I think I am starting Damian Harris in another league. It's half point PPR though, so I, I don't know. Would you start him or Stevenson? That's tough. Prob- um, I think I have to go Harris because he's getting the goal line work. Th- exactly. That's that's the key difference maker to me. And I had that decision uh, last week, and I was kind of worried about it. But same idea. Da- Damian Harris gets the goal line work. Um, but yeah, I think the. The two leagues that I lost in, um, I'm actually not even moving in in the seating, so it's no harm, no foul there. So I'm not going to worry about it too, too much. Um, But yeah, hopefully everybody out there that needs a Monday Night Miracle gets one. I'm not playing against any of you, so somebody has to lose. Somebody has to lose. But I mean, I can still encourage positive vibes. All right. So everybody's going to win is what you tell me. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, hopefully, it works out for you. It's unfortunate if it doesn't work out for you. <laughs> well, it's gonna. But I'm sending you the if best. If you're in enough leagues, it works out for you, and some inherits you and others, exactly. just like us, right? Like I know. I'm in so many leagues where it's like, I need Damien Harris to have 11.5, but not 13. Listen, you know, it's like, like, oh god, I'm. It, it's honestly stressing me out. I'm sit. I sat there this morning when I woke up, and I was doing like math. I was like writing down numbers. Like if Damien Harris has. 12 and a half, but not 13, I win all this many leagues. But if he has 13, I win this one, lose these two. It's like, oh, God. You were that gif with all the math and formulas, like, flying yeah. at you. Yeah, it's, I was like um, Galifianakis trying to card Yeah, out. there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it'll be interesting tonight, though. This will be um, an interesting snow game, I think. We were, we were looking before, and snow's coming down. It's windy. I don't know. It probably it'll, it'll probably end up being like six nothing, and that'll be it. I have the we'll Pats see. winning thirteen seven. Okay, they All score right. two touchdowns, but one field goal, one extra point, he misses because of wind, or he hits two field goals. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna say like smash the under. I know we're gonna re- record. We're recording this before the game, and we're gonna release it after the game. But my, I'm gonna call it now. The under is gonna be a very lucrative bet. I had Pats under. Uh, 41 and a half. I had that under. I got him at 42 and a half. Oh, nice. See, there you go. Yeah, I hope you guys smash the under because weather's going to be shit. But but if if we're wrong, just cut this out of the episode yeah, before we'll we release this. it. Um, I'm kidding. We actually don't do that. Um, I could be lying to you or not. It doesn't really matter. That's all I got this week. We'll catch you guys next week. I appreciate everybody for the listen. You can find us on social media at The Wire FFB. Um, but every single social media platform and that's all i got kyle you got anything else no that's it uh we're at the home stretch now buddy so uh that's it we're almost done all right that's it so it's almost dynasty season yeah (laughs) that's it getting the rookies all right all right see you guys peace